thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on May 14th, 2023. We're studying Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. And I don't know about you, but I wonder a lot about the future. You know, what's going to happen down the road. I think it's human nature to wonder about the future. And today in our passage, I want us to see what Jesus himself said about the future. He doesn't tell us everything about tomorrow. Some things we just learn as we live life. But he answers the big questions. Still, I don't know about you, I have a lot of little questions that Jesus didn't answer So something I was pondering this week as I was reading this passage about the future and also occasionally watching a little basketball, I was wondering, what comes first, the return of Jesus or a son's championship? And I think at this point, I'd probably have to vote for Jesus. I'm not sure. Something I was looking at as I looked at my family picture that I have in my office, just one of those random thoughts, will I ever have a grandson named Theophilus? I don't know, I'm holding, I'm holding out some hope for uh, Kenny and Cammie, but I, I'm not sure about that. Another thing that crossed my mind, I've been told twice in the last three weeks to grow up. And my question was, will I grow up before I grow old or is it too late? Don't answer that, you might offend me. But maybe, just maybe, I don't want to grow up and maintain a little bit of being a child. I can't answer those questions. But the Bible does very clearly answer the big questions of life. Where do we come from? Is there a God? Where does evil come from? Is heaven real? How do you get there? What's the future of mankind? The Bible is very clear, and in today's passage... We'll see Jesus again as a master teacher, as the disciples made some pretty simple remarks, and he used those remarks to lead to one of the most profound teachings in the Bible. The disciples were just merely commenting on the beautiful temple that they were in. The temple is beautiful, Jesus. Do you see that? Look at those huge stones. How did they get them up there? I think maybe that's gold. Those are precious stone. Isn't this amazing? And Jesus said, it's all going to be destroyed. And that led them to a question that he answered. When will these things happen? And how will we know about the future and the end of the world? Those are great questions. And we need the answers. If you're into big theological words, the the, the, the kind of theological title of the passage we're going to read today is called The Great Eschatological Discourse. And I'm sure you all understood exactly what that means. But really, more accurately, it's Jesus talking about the end times. And maybe even more accurately, it's Jesus talking about what has happened, what is happening, and what will happen in the future. It's most of the chapter of Luke 21, beginning in verse 5. Let's stand together, pay close attention, because there's a lot here to what Jesus said in Luke 
21. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. And then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be, be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on it by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple, and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives, and all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. Now you may be seated. That is an incredible passage, and it's amazingly 100% accurate. Jesus wasn't like a Nostradamus with a few accurate predictions mixed in with hundreds of inaccuracies. He batted 
1,000. And so this morning, I'm going to separate the, the passage and the teaching into two different segments. What can we expect and how are we to live? And so we'll kind of talk through the passage and they'll start with the six general things that Jesus said that we can expect. And one of the things he mentioned has already happened. He talked about the destruction of Jerusalem. This would have shocked the disciples. They saw Jerusalem as the center of the universe. They saw it as kind of where God lived. The temple was beautiful. Jerusalem was one of the great cities of the world. And they had to have been shocked when Jesus said, it's all going to be destroyed, surrounded by armies with many killed and enslaved. And this happened in the lifetime of the disciples. In 70 AD, just 40 years after Jesus spoke these words, the city was totally and completely destroyed. Josephus, who's a, a Jewish-slash-Roman historian, was there, one of the few who survived. He said the city that normally had 200,000 people there had swelled as it normally did during Passover to a million people. During that time, the Roman armies surrounded it, put it under siege, Food was destroyed. That led to Jewish infighting. Lots of reports of suicide, even cannibalism. Josephus says one million Jews were killed. 100,000 Romans died. And over 95,000 people taken into slavery. It was horrible just as Jesus said. And even today, Jerusalem is still at the center of world turmoil. I want you to see that Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about. He was 100% accurate in everything he said in this passage. He was also right about wars. Here's what they expected in, in, in Jesus' day. They expected that the expansion of the Roman Empire would bring peace. And it did, but only for a while. Since that time, war has been a constant in the world. The USA, by the way, has existed for 247 years. You know how many of those years we haven't been at war? 15 out of 247. I'm 64. There's only been five years in my lifetime in which we weren't at war somewhere. 1976, 77, and 78, right after Vietnam, although there was still a lot of tension. 1997 and the year 2000. In every other year, the United States was at war somewhere. And that's true of other nations as well. I guess what I want you to see out of this passage is Jesus at that time was predicting the future, and he was 100% accurate. His third prediction was also 100% on. He talked about disasters. Verse 11 says, There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Now, now listen, it couldn't have been known in Jesus' day because they didn't have the science to know it. But there are about 20,000 earthquakes on earth every year. 
And on the average, there's one of them over an 8.0. In the last 20 years alone, 750,000 people have died in earthquakes. He also mentioned famine. The United Nations, even today, says that 9 million people die every year from starvation or malnutrition. We don't see it as much in this country because we live in one of the most blessed nations of the world. But it's real in the world. Add in floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, man-caused disasters. And again, it's clear that when Jesus is saying to his disciples, this is what you can expect, he nailed it. He was perfect. The fourth thing he said is persecution will occur. He said a couple things about the church. There's going to be false Christ, false messiahs, false teachings. You can't even count all the false teachings in today's world. He also said that his people would be persecuted, but he promised that he would be with us. Matthew also adds that the, the, the gospel will take to the ends of the world before Jesus returns. And again, in America, we are insulated because of our religious freedom for most of the persecution that occurs in the world. But it's real. Lifeway, who publishes a lot of our, our Sunday school literature, says that 360 million Christians face persecution because of their faith every year. Since the day of Jesus, 70 million Christians have died directly because of their faith. And it still happens today. We get so focused on life in America that, that, that we forget, on the average, even today, 16 Christians are dying every year because of their stand for Jesus. I mean, every day. 16 per day are dying every day because of their stand for Jesus. Meanwhile, because we've been overly protected from some of these things, the American church has become petty and argumentative about things like procedures, music, politics, secondary issues, denominational things, rather than focusing on and following Jesus. The real holy ones of today are not Americans boasting of their holiness, but those who are putting their lives on the line, who know that saying yes to Jesus means real persecution. They are the ones who have my highest respect. And Jesus nailed it. He said to his disciples, this is what life in the future is going to be. Destruction of Jerusalem, wars, disasters, persecution. And then he talked about something in this passage still to come, a time period of tribulation time period near the end before Jesus returns in which all the signs and all the disasters and all the persecution and all the hardships will be amplified. He said there will be signs in the sky and there will be turmoil in the ocean. Other passages in the Bible speak of worsening wars, the rise of an antichrist, increased famine, doubled persecution. It will be tough, he said to his disciples, beyond anything 
that we've yet experienced and people, Jesus said, will even faint from terror. Now, now some believers think we will be gone by that time. But at least in this passage, Jesus makes no mention of it here. He says it's going to be tough. So be willing to stand at the end in the face of all toughness. But then, he said, there comes what we're looking for, the return of Jesus. When you see these things happening, Jesus said, look up for your redemption, your salvation is near. Jesus will return to give us full and free redemption and salvation. Now, we are saved now. We have salvation now, but only in part. We still live in a wicked world. We still have hardships and trouble. But at that time, Jesus will return, gather his own, and take them to be with him forever. Those who have already died in the faith will be there. Those still alive will be there. And it will be life as we've always wanted it. All love, no hate, no anger, no racism, no sadness, no war, no broken relationships. All health, no sickness, no physical or mental issues. No decay, no decline, no death. It will be all beauty, no ugliness, no destruction, no filth. All paid for by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Understand, we already have salvation. But then we will get it in full. And I've told you this story numerous times. There, there was something added to it yesterday. Um, yesterday we had a funeral for one of our members who went home to be with the Lord, Tina Contreras, a very godly woman who had served in our church for, for many years. And often at funerals, I tell you the story how I had it wrong when I was growing up about heaven. And somehow in my mind about heaven, I, I, I thought of heaven as a place with a bunch of spirits hanging out on a cloud. In my mind, I don't know where I got this picture. I was just wrong, but, but somehow, you know, um, growing up in church, you listen to about every third word that the, the, the preacher says. Some of you adults do that too. But, but in my mind, you know, I kind of I had it wrong, and I saw heaven as a place with a bunch of old, 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 old men looking like spirits because you could see through them. I knew they were old because they had gray beards down about to their, their knees, and they were sitting on a cloud strumming a harp in part of a worship service that lasted for 10,000 years. I picked that up from the last verse of Amazing Grace. So I told that story yesterday, and I told him that, you know, heaven is real. And after the service, when I was shaking hands and talking to people, a man came up with a gray beard down to about here. <laughs> and he said, you were talking about me, weren't you? He said, I hope you got the point. Listen, heaven is real. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to take us to be with him forever. Death is not final. Life will be tough on earth at times. But Jesus is coming back. And what he wants us to do is stand, still be standing on that day. 
So those are the things Jesus said that we can expect. There's more in other places in the Bible. But he was also teaching how are we supposed to live. And he gave us at least four things. And the first thing he said is, hey, don't be deceived. There will be false teachings, false prophets, liars, deceivers, con artists, hoaxes, politicians who claim faith but don't live it, many who claim that right is wrong and wrong is right. And Jesus warned that all of them will be good at deceiving even believers if we don't know biblical truth. So how well do you know the world, the word? How well do you know it? At uh, Tina's funeral yesterday, they, they read a letter from her. And one of the things she said to her family was, we need to do more than just read the word. We need to study the word and make sure we know what it means. So how well do you know it? The great doctrines of the faith. How well do you know them? If you dare, I'm going to put a Bible test in this week's email newsletter. Take it. If you really dare, send your answers to me and I'll grade it for you. Because Jesus said, listen, if you don't know the word, you're going to be deceived. So don't be deceived. Make sure you study biblical truth in depth. Number two, he said, do watch and get ready. A preacher of a previous generation said, keep your Bible and your newspaper open and you will be ready. Now, newspapers aren't as common as they used to be. And news sources are more and more biased. But it's still good advice. Look to the word and then to the world and compare. And you will be ready. Listen, I rarely hear of an earthquake or a hurricane or a tornado or some great advance in, in the cause of Christ without thinking about the return of Jesus. So by all means, be a Bible scholar. But don't ignore what's happening in the world. That's where Jesus said we will see the signs that we're getting close to his return. Listen, Jesus was right in everything he said here, 100%. He batted a 1,000. He nailed it. And as horrible as some of these things can be, it's a great joy seeing it unfold before our eyes, knowing that the return of Jesus could be right around the corner. So how are we live? Don't be deceived. Do watch and get ready. Number three, do trust him. Heaven and earth will pass away, he said, but not me and not my words. Jesus will not pass away. This generation, or can also mean this race of mankind, will not pass away before Jesus returns. Nuclear war is a threat. Climate change is a threat. Another disease may come and be a threat. But we can trust Jesus because he is in control. Not the governments, not the disease, not the scientists. Jesus ultimately is in control. And on the day he is already chosen, he will come and make an end and take us to be with him. Now, now listen, here's my kind of big point. 
He was 100% accurate in everything he said here 2,000 years ago about how life on earth will unfold. And if you can see that he was right on that, you can trust him for the coming years. We already know the end of the book. We already know the final scene. It's like knowing who will win the Super Bowl before the season even starts. You can deal much better with the ups and downs and challenges of a season if you know the end. And we win. Jesus and his people win. At times, it seems like evil will triumph. But if you paid attention to the word, you know the end. Jesus will come and take his people to be with him forever. And then number four, Jesus said, do be careful. Listen to his words. He said, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. Be careful because in the end days there will be carousing, drunkenness, and we'll all be so anxious about the day-to-day issues of life that we will forget the big picture of what God is doing. And that day will catch us by surprise. Or when the hardships come, we will not be able to stand. Let me read from the message, or paraphrase that I, I like to read. It gives the passage this way. But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectations get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise, spring on you suddenly like a trap, for it's going to come on everyone everywhere at once. So whatever you do, don't fall asleep at the wheel. Pray constantly that you will have the strength and wits to make it through everything that's coming and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. And I can say amen to that. Because you just look at life today and there's arguments and there's issues and there's problems and there's inflation and there's politics and we want to have fun and we got a lot of things we got, we got to do and our to-do list is longer than our, our time to-do it list. And anxiousness just bogs us down and we forget what it's all about. Believing in Jesus, serving Jesus, following Jesus. And he warned his disciples, the church, us. This is not a warning to the world. We are so good at warning the world about their issues that sometimes the world just thinks that's our job is to point out to them how they're wrong, how they're sinful. But Jesus is talking to us. Listen, you, my people, my disciples, the church, don't you get bogged down in everything else and forget what it's all about or you will not be able to stand when tough times come your way. And they will come. 
So we need to walk like Jesus, believe in Jesus, serve Jesus, follow Jesus, love like Jesus, think like Jesus, act like Jesus, stand up against sin like Jesus. I mean, in our own lives, be willing to say no to temptation like Jesus, or we'll not be ready. So be careful. So in the bottom line, in bottom line, two points of advice. Get ready and stay ready. You get ready by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. There's time that you've got to make the decision. I can't make it for you. This is Mother's Day. Mama can't make it for you. Though she wants to. Everybody's got to make that decision for themselves. That yes, I will believe in and follow Jesus with all my heart, with everything I have. Not just in a check the box, I'm a Christian sort of way. But I will follow Jesus. And then you keep that commitment. And you keep doing the things that will help you keep that commitment. You keep studying. You keep praying. You keep looking to truth. You keep saying no to temptation. You keep worshiping. You join Bible studies, you study on your own. You do something that's making a difference in the world for Jesus. And then you're ready on the day he comes. I don't know when Jesus is going to return. I get that question a lot. Are we in the last days? Will we still be alive when he returns? I can't promise you that because Jesus didn't promise us that. But he did teach us, be ready. So that if I return today, you are standing up for me. So today I invite you to make a decision to follow Jesus. And if you are a Jesus follower and you've not been ready, I want to encourage you to recommit yourself to him and get ready. And then stay ready. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.